Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So we have hopped into a new series as of Sunday and it's called It's a Wonderful Life. And so when I think of It's a Wonderful Life, I think of Christmas and how beautiful Christmas time is, but it's not just a seasonal title. It's actually a theme that our church, our pastors, our leaders wanted to address. And so the series is about experiencing life the way that God intended for us to, full of joy and full of peace with him and with one another, no matter what the circumstances look around us in our life. And so how do we do that? How do we get there? Well, that's exactly what I'm gonna be speaking to you about tonight. Okay, so Philippians 4.4, let's start with the word of God, says this, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So the title of this message is Rejoice Always. And um, I do have a beautiful picture of my daughter, so I want them to put it up. Hello. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> when I think of rejoicing always, I think of this little girl right here. She's a dream come true for Alex and I. She's an answered prayer, and that girl is full of life and full of joy, okay? But that's what we, as sons and daughters, are called to live life like. Okay, so before coming to this church, I lived for almost a decade of my life in utter despair. So anything but full of joy and full of life. And it was pure misery for me. And I know it's probably hard for you to see that now, but I'm gonna spe be speaking on my testimony tonight so that you can see how far God has taken me. And even when I was preparing for this message, I started to weep and, and weep and rejoice at the same time. Thank you, God for what you did. Thank you, God, that you brought me back to life, that you gave me life, that you healed every wound, and that you gave me true joy. So today I stand before you, and I'm able to rejoice always, no matter what happens. And the same can happen for you. So what did that life, that decade of despair look like for me? Well, as I mentioned, it was full of destruction. And I lived in a place of depression. I lived with anxiety. I lived with tormenting thoughts bother, bothering me throughout the day, in the middle of the day, at the midnight hour. And I, I lived in fear. And so when I say that I lived there, I really mean it. And I had this visual of that Bible story of the Israelites, and many of us know that story of the Israelites. So the Israelites were called to walk through a desert season of life. And what should have taken days ended up taking decades. And so I walked through the season of life where God was looking to heal and restore some old broken childhood trauma wounds. So they started to surface, but what did I do? I didn't turn to him and let him walk me through what could have taken days. 
Instead, I lingered. Instead, I latched on to the things of this world. I looked for momentary highs in all the wrong places, and it led to a decade of destruction. Well, thank God, I did make it to my promised land, but my hope for you is that tonight, if you are in a desert season, I wanna encourage you that we are never, 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 never meant to stay in the desert. We are always to walk side by side with our heavenly Father and allow him to walk us through the desert to the promised land. So I know he's stirring hearts right now. So where have you set, set up camp? For me, I set up camp in that dry, desolate desert. Wherever you are tonight, I want you to be encouraged that things can change, and they will change because God is faithful as he always is, but it takes a point in time where we take responsibility, and that's exactly what I had to do. Now, we live in a very fallen world, as all of us have seen, as all of us have witnessed, especially in the last few days, which means it's full of sin. It's full of sinful people who do sinful, unfortunate things. And sometimes, most of the time, I'm speaking for everybody in this room, I know that you've experienced some injustices, that you've experienced some traumas that weren't fair, that were actually placed in your life upon you, which was never God's intent because he's a good, faithful father. But because of those, you may be in a dry season. And I found myself in a dry season, probably starting around, I started to calculate, probably around the age of 14. So as I mentioned, there was two traumas that took place from my childhood that were tormenting me. And I really believe God was lifting them up and he was saying, girl, it's time to deal with these. It's time to heal and deal with these. But instead, I, I suppressed them. Um, but those two traumas were this. So before I was born, my father wanted nothing to do with me. So then when I was born, he actually didn't see me at all, but I visually would see him. So his house was directly across the street from my elementary school. And so it was really rough. He would stand outside and I always wondered, why? Why are you doing this to me? And so I felt so empty, so void, not having that father figure in my life. And thank God that my mom raised me and she's a beautiful woman of God. But that left me full of rejection, full of anger towards that man. And then on top of that, at a very young age, unfortunately, I was molested by my grandparents. So another deep wound, another deep trauma. And, you know, I did go to counseling throughout the, the years as a young child. But we all know in this room, if you're, if you're a believer, you know this, God is the only person that can heal our wounds. No medication can do that. It's, counseling is great. I still see a counselor. It's a beautiful thing. But only in the presence of our Savior will we receive the healing that we need. So, the Israelites had to go through that desert. And sometimes we have to go through a desert too. But we are always intended to make it to our promised land. Unfortunately, they stayed there. And I stayed there too. Your circumstances tonight may have placed you in a desert, but you are not to remain there any longer. Today, I brought you three simple points that I've used over the last nine years since coming to this church to move from my desert to my promised land and to live a life that is truly full of joy. So my hope for you is that tonight you will leave here doing the same. Point one is this, take some notes. Joy is your portion, keep it. The first step to receiving joy is recognizing that it's ours to keep. 
So let's open our Bibles and see what God has to say about this word, joy. Isaiah 61, 7 says this. It says, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land. And everlasting, that's a key word, everlasting joy will be yours. So my life before Jesus, before surrendering my life to Jesus, was a hot mess, as all of you can imagine. I had discord, I had discontentment in my day-to-day, I was depressed, I was anxious, and I was tormented mentally. So I felt like I was going crazy. And what did I do? I had to go to school, I needed to go to work, and so I would go to things that I needed to get to. But what would I do? I would always retreat home, and I would make sure that I would hop in my bed and take a nap. And I'm not talking about one of those refreshing naps, a nap that I take today because I have a toddler and I need to shut my eyes for 30 minutes just to rest and wake up recharged with a pep in my step. I'm talking about a very dysfunctional nap where I just needed to close my eyes because I couldn't handle the voices speaking to me any longer. I couldn't handle my life. I kept thinking over and over again, why are you alive? You're not meant to be here. God doesn't love you. What would he have you in this circumstance for? And so it was this dark and dreary place to be. And I know that there's some people, I know I'm speaking to some people in the room, where you're retreating back to bed and it's an unhealthy place to be. But know that you can draw near to God at any time, that God is faithful, that he's here to heal those wounds. So, in high school, I started to dabble in some sin. So I wanted to get these momentary highs. Obviously, I hated my life, and I'm like, okay, well, there has to be some answers here. People are going out, getting high, getting drunk, having sex. It looks like those things are fun to do, and they're going to give me some highs. So I started trying different drugs. I was sleeping around. I was drinking. I was smoking weed, and nothing was working. I was still miserable. I still hated my life. So I'd fill my life with these highs, but I'd have to go home and look in the mirror. And it was such a deep and dark place to be. But then I came to the end of myself. Then I surrendered my life to Christ about 10 years ago, and everything changed. Now, it was a process of surrender. But when I surrendered, when I let go, fully let go, when I repented of my sins, every sin, when I forgave every person I needed to forgive, including myself, And in exchange, when I received the forgiveness that our Heavenly Father offers each and every single person in here, that is where, for the first time in my adult life, I experienced joy. So what did that joy look like? It looked like I was alive for the first time in a very long time. I could feel my heart beating, and I wanted it to beat. I knew he, he... created me. I knew that he had a plan, that he had a purpose, that he had hope for my future. I knew that he was faithful, and I knew that everything was about to change, and oh, it sure did. My life got better and better and better, as you can imagine. The greatest thing, I would say one of the greatest things for me, was I knew that the enemy no longer had reign in my mind. The voices were silent. 
I no longer had these tormenting thoughts that would disturb me at the midnight hour, would disturb me when I went in social settings, would disturb me at home. I was no longer rampaged with these wicked thoughts because demons no longer had reign in my life. I surrendered all to Christ. And so if that's you, if you're in the room tonight and you have voices that are speaking to you that you know are not from our Heavenly Father, you do not have a sound mind, I want you to rush to that altar afterwards and get prayed for because everything can change in a moment. You just have to surrender. I thank God for this house, truly. It's in this house that I receive the truth of God that has empowered me to stay free and full of joy. It's in this house that I learn the power of prayer. It's in this house that I learn the power over prayer prophesying over my life, over my body, over my mind on a continual basis because boy, do I need to do it. I'm human. We're all human. So life hits you hard. And I've seen over the years, the enemy has tried to attack me, but I don't give him that territory. I don't allow him to wander in my mind like I used to because I know that I have control over my mind. So when that stinking thinking arises and tries to test me. What do I do? I choose to enter his presence. We all have a choice to make. Enter his presence. Enter his presence at home. Enter his presence when you're on a drive going to work. Enter his presence when you're excited about life. Enter his presence when you're afraid. Enter his presence. It's the only answer that we have to experience this joy I'm talking about right now. So where are you tonight? Are you carrying joy? Are you fighting to keep it? Or are you ready to receive it by surrendering all to Jesus? Point two, joy is found in his presence. The only way that I've been able to experience this joy that I'm talking about is by being in his presence daily. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Acts 2.28 says, You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or set foot on the path of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither and who prospers in all he does. So who wants to look like that? We all want to look like that. Hello. Okay. The two key words that stuck out to me, that struck me were delight and meditates. I've personally found when I I open the word of God, I'm delighted. It's a delight. No matter what season of life I'm walking through, when I open that, I see wisdom. I see courage. I see truth. I'm taught how to forgive. I'm taught how much God loves me. I'm filled up to the brim, overflowing, as we should be. But when it comes to that word meditates, specifically meditates day and night, if I'm going to be 100% honest, which I will only be, it's not easy. It's not easy always to meditate day and night, okay? There's some seasons or some days where my feelings get in the way and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have time. But guess what? I make time. I make it an action because that verse, meditates day and night, 
is an action. It's a call to us all. We all need to be meditating day and night in the word because the word will set us free. The word gives us the truth and the grace to walk forward in this life. So if you're not already, I want to encourage you, keep coming to church, but go home and meditate day and night. Healing takes place there. So what does it look like for me to keep my joy? It hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows. The world is constantly screaming, and I think it's screaming to us all. And unfortunately, there's a lot of distractions. So even recently, I realized that my joy was kind of non-existent. And so I took an analysis of what my day-to-day looked like, and I realized that I was doing a few things. I was numbing myself, and I was distracting myself from drawing near to the presence of God. And instead, I'd go to social media and be scrolling, and I'd be going on Zillow looking for my dream house scrolling, and I'd be shopping, scrolling every single day. And so then I asked myself, why are you doing this? And it was clear as day to me. You're avoiding intimacy with your heavenly father. There's something you need to deal with today. And God is so good, you guys. He will correct us, but he corrects us in love. And so I realized there was something that was rising in me, just like that desert season, that I just needed to simply go to my father, meditate day and night, and let him heal. And thank God I did. So what I did, I I highly suggest this, is just look at your habits. Look at your daily habits. Is there anything, is there any distraction? I know some of you in the room are probably like, okay, girl, like that's not my my problem. But I just want to ask all of us, What is distracting you from operating in the fullness of joy? All of us are called to fullness of joy. So all of us should be full of joy. So what's distracting you tonight? Is it obsessing over your business, over finances, over your family, over extracurricular activities? We can all say this is good, good, good. I need to focus on these things. But in reality... If you're obsessing over something, but you're not drawing near to the Heavenly Father, you've dropped your joy and it's time to pick it back up. So, do what I did. What I did is I chose to take a month off of social media, a month off of Zillow and Redfin obsessing, a month off of shopping for clothes, and you know what, maybe it was hard, but it was so refreshing and so rewarding. Because then I recalibrated. I chose, okay, this is first things first. Practice what you preach, girl. Meditate on his word day and night. Draw near to him. You don't need these things. These things don't fill you. Stop avoiding. So stop avoiding. (laughs) Okay, so where do you run? Where do you run when life hits you? Because life hits us all. Choose to run to his presence. That's the only place that we will receive the joy and the peace that he promises. The third point, it's the last point, is joy locates you. (laughs) It's our mandate as sons and daughters of God to live with joy, fullness of joy. If we, who are well aware of heaven and will be spending our eternity in heaven, can trust in the Lord, but also drop our joy, then why? Why would anybody around us want to know Jesus? So if we can't be joyful in the darkest of times, especially right now, then who can? The world needs your joy because the world needs our Jesus, okay? So Galatians 5.22 says this. It says, but the Holy Spirit 
produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So people need to see our fruit. And people need to see our joy in order to be notified of heaven and that heaven is real. And as believers, we're promised we can receive heaven here on earth. So let's make a commitment tonight and every day going forward to be committed to bring heaven here on earth. Psalms 34, 5 says this. It says, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. And I find that to be true. I spent 10 years of my life looking down, looking somber, full of shame, full of regret. But when I surrendered all to him, my countenance changed. I had hope for my future and I no longer carried the shame that was never mine to carry. Psalms 126.5 says this, it says, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. And I've held tight to that promise and I've seen it to be one of the most beautiful promises of God. So I have a story for you. When I was 17, I headed up to San Francisco. I graduated high school and I was attending the University of San Francisco. And it was my freshman year, but I carried my dysfunction. I was depressed, I was anxious, and I really didn't want to be alive. And I went through a breakup. It was my first boyfriend, and so I was full of heartache, and I was very unhappy. And I didn't have too many good friends. I had some, but it felt like there was nothing for me in the future. And so one of the days, I decided to go shopping. <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> If you guys have been to San Francisco, you probably have seen that there's a lot of homeless individuals. So if any of you know me, you know that I walk really fast. So if I'm going somewhere, I walk on purpose. I mean, things are probably a little different right now because I have a toddler, so she dictates my speed. But when I walk I, and I'm going somewhere, I'm like walking, okay? I'm one of those people. And so I'm walking down the street. I can see the store. It's like at the end of the stage. And I'm walking and this homeless gentleman is off to my left and he reaches out and I, mind you, I keep walking. But he says this, he says, excuse me, miss. And so I look and he goes, you dropped your smile. And so I keep walking and all of a sudden, I literally had this pivotal aha moment. And I really know like in the deepest of my soul that that was my heavenly father speaking those words to me. I know it. I didn't know it then, but I knew I was lost. I knew I was void. I knew I was empty. And I had this aha moment, even as I smiled, I was like, oh my gosh, do I not look happy? How does this homeless man who has nothing, who's empty financially, who's empty, he doesn't have family, he probably doesn't have a place he's living, he probably doesn't have any good friends, at least I have friends. So then it turned me to gratitude. Thank you, thank you that I do have friends. Thank you that I have a roof over my head. Thank you God that I have enough to go shopping. Thank you God that I'm here. So I wanna ask you guys, have you dropped your smile? Have you? We don't have a right to drop our smile. We don't. If you have Jesus, we can't drop our smile. I get it, life happens, unfortunate circumstances happen, mourning happens, loss happens. Those are moments of sorrow, but we are not to reside in sorrow. This world needs to know the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he's gonna use you and he's gonna use me if you let him. We have so much to be grateful for because we know we are headed to heaven. And there are a lot of people, they don't even know what heaven looks like and they're headed straight for hell. 
So let's not drop our smile. Okay, I'm gonna close with an excerpt from Charles Spurgeon. So I was looking up joy and I found this brilliant article by a brilliant man who surrendered his whole life to God. And because of some of his work and some of his words and some of his um, messages, lives have been transformed. And so I found this and I really want us to hold tight to what he's saying. He says, besides dear, dear brethren, joy in the Lord is influential for good. I'm sure that there is a mighty influence wielded by a consistently joyous spirit. See how little children are affected by the presence of a happy person? There is so much more in the tone of the life than there is in the particular fashion of the life. It may be the life of one who is very poor, just like that homeless man in San Francisco was. But oh, how poverty is gilded by a cheerful spirit. There is a charm about holy joy. I wish we had more of it. There are more flies caught with honey than with vinegar, and there are more sinners brought to Christ by happy Christians than by doleful Christians. Let us sing unto the Lord as long as we live, and mayhap some weary sinner who has discovered the emptiness of sinful pleasures will say to himself, why, after all, there must be something real about the joy of these Christians. Let me go and learn how I may have it. And when he comes and sees it in the light of your gladsome countenance, he will be likely to learn it, God helping him so as to never forget it. Rejoice in the Lord always, says the apostle, for joy is the most influential grace and every child of God ought to possess it in high degree. The world needs our joy because the world needs our Jesus. I wanna take this moment and I wanna pray for anybody that recognizes that they've dropped their smile. Anyone that they recognize that they need some joy, that they need the fullness of joy that I'm speaking about, the biblical joy that is ours to rightfully possess. So if that's you in the room, I want you to bow your, bow your head right now, pray to God, but lift your hand in the air. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm, I'm believing and I know this. God has had this word in my heart for over three weeks and I've been praying on your behalf because I know that it's a fight, but it's no longer yours. You need to hand it over to God and surrender in this moment. I believe that joy is coming. So let's all pray for these beautiful people. God, I thank you. I thank you that you have reminded each and every single one of us that joy is ours to keep, so we choose to keep it. That joy is our portion, it's ours. I thank you, God, that you are healing hearts, that you are mending wounds. I thank you, God, that nothing is too far and too gone for your love. So Lord, embrace each and every son and daughter that has lifted their hands and even the ones that were too intimidated to do so. God, may they come to the altar tonight. May you alter every area of their life. Thank you, God, for empowering each and every one of us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit so others may see you in us. I thank you, God, that things are shifting on our behalf. In your mighty name, we pray. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.